Are you out there doing your best to get on with life? Because, as you already know, it's what you make of your life that really counts. And sometimes having a few shortcuts to help you on your way can be very useful. The NLP Matters podcast might just be the toolbox you need to focus your attention, your effort, your drive onto what really does make the difference. Built on the foundation of neuro-linguistic programming, the NLP Matters podcast offers proven recipes you can use to create and sustain your life your way. G'day and welcome to the NLP Matters podcast. I'm your host, Joe Clark. In the past few episodes, we've been digging deep into the detail of the NLP five success principles. In episode 13, our focus was on the fourth of these principles, behavioral flexibility, because in order to achieve our goals, we need to adjust what we're doing when we go off course. Today, we'll look closely at the fifth and final principle, the physiology and psychology of excellence. To start, let's just quickly review where we're at in covering the five success principles so far. We've noted that as successful people, we need to invest time, effort and imagination into some key areas to build and achieve our success. Firstly, we must ensure we meet the number one criteria of the five success principles, and that is knowing our outcome. This means we're really, really clear about where we're going and what our goal is. Secondly, we know that no goal can be reached without targeted action. And we're not only taking action, but we're taking specific action that will bring us closer to our goal. Thirdly, we use our sensory acuity so we can check to see if we're on course And fourthly, if we're not totally on track, we have the behavioural flexibility to change what we're doing, and that means we get back on track. Altogether, these strategies combine to form a powerful framework for success. However, there is one remaining piece. The fifth and final of the success principles highlights how successful people have a way of being that supports their success. We can see it in the way they walk, the way they talk, and the way they interact with others. In NLP, we call this the physiology and psychology of excellence. This principle brings home the importance of not just what you do to achieve success, but also how fundamentally it is who we are being that is the difference that makes the difference. This is a critical element because it is ultimately who we're being that must support our delivery on all of the other principles. When we bring an awesome physiology and psychology to bear on getting clear on our outcome or taking massive targeted action or having the sensory acuity to tell us when we're on course and then the behavioural flexibility to do whatever is needed to be done to get back on course, then we have all the ingredients for reaching our goals. But what exactly is the physiology and psychology of excellence? Let's break it down. First, let's look at our physiology. Physiology refers to anything to do with the body, that is the way in which the body and its parts function. 
Here we're talking about all aspects of our physical makeup, our physical health, our posture, the way we hold ourselves generally, our gestures, facial expressions, breathing, even right down to our voice, the tone, pitch and tempo that we use to communicate. All of these things are parts of our physiology. Whereas our psychology refers to the mind, our attitudes, beliefs, values, fears, likes, dislikes, our internal dialogue. This includes thinking and emotions, as well as how the brain uses language to construct and develop our experiences of reality. Now, while it's useful to think of physiology and psychology as being two separate things, in reality the two are inseparably entwined, just parts of a single functioning human being. We only separate them as concepts for the purpose of understanding how something, in this case the idea of physiology and psychology of excellence, really works. The important thing to remember is even though we talk about them as two concepts, they're actually part of the one whole. Okay, so now how does the physiology and psychology of excellence work in the context of our goals? Well, if we think about it, it becomes really interesting exactly how important our physiology is to our success. Because lots of people don't think it's really that crucial. Sure, they'll say the psychology or how we think is important for success, but really how our body moves, the tone of voice, our posture, really? Yes, really. Many people mistakenly think it goes like this. We think of something, then we feel something, then our body acts in a certain way. So, for example, we think something negative, like I always make terrible decisions. That makes us feel some negative emotions such as feeling depressed or sad or even despair. Then our posture sags, our shoulders drop, and we make a particular face that tells people how bad we feel, right? That makes sense, doesn't it? But what happens if it also works the other way around? Well, it does. And it is not only NLP that shows us that it does. In psychology and even psychiatry, Changing the physiology of the body is used to change the psychology. Whether that be as simple as having clients exercise to produce endorphins so they feel great, or using chemical medications to change the body's chemistry. All these approaches utilize the principle that changing your physiology will change your psychology and your results. And this principle of changing our physiology, which means we change our psychology, even goes down to the way we sit or the way we move. So if we carry our body a certain way, our emotions and thinking will follow suit. Try this experiment. Sit on a chair, hang your arms loosely by your side, bend over with your head in between your knees and your hands touching the ground if you can reach it, and have a sad face. Now, in exactly that position without moving, try to feel really, really happy, really excited, it's pretty hard to do, isn't it? That's because our mind and our body are so interconnected, because after all, they really are one thing, right? That communication between them is a two-way street. Our body has told our brain, when I'm in this position, I feel this way. 
So if I'm hanging down and I've got a sad face, when I'm in this position, I'm not supposed to be feeling happy or ecstatic. So that's what we do. We start to feel lousy. If we try to feel happy, our mind kind of does this double take and says, what? This isn't right. And it has to work out how to follow a new neural pathway in order to feel happy even though you're in that position. Oh, and by the way, this works in reverse too. So if you stand up and look up and smile and breathe deeply and hold your arms up over your head, keep looking upwards, then try to do the depths of sadness without moving a muscle. Notice the conscious effort you need if you're going to try and change that feeling. I don't know about for you, but for me, it certainly isn't as easy to do as if I'm in the drooping down position. Human beings are great at developing shortcuts. And this is an example of one of the shortcuts we've got. Our mind automatically interprets what our body is doing and then has our body follow the instructions. Our neural pathways are so well developed that they operate like the best and fastest shortcuts because it's all done unconsciously. We don't have to consciously think about it. The point I want to make here is that we can model the physiology of successful people so we can model from them. How are they standing? How are they moving? What are their gestures? And our mind will follow. It's a very specific version of the old saying, fake it till you make it. Also, if our physiology exudes confidence, certainty and focus, then people will be drawn to us and be more open and interested in what we have to offer. Having a physiology of excellence also means taking care of our physical well-being taking care of ourselves so we can be our best and give our best efforts on the road to our success. So really, it's a win-win-win. Now, what about the psychology of success? What does this look like? Well, some people equate the psychology of success with the idea of mindset, and it's not a bad place to start. There have been lots of ways that psychologists, personal development trainers, coaches, and others have talked about mindset. The discussions around mindset have been going on for decades. Way back in the 1960s, there was a psychologist called Carol Dweck who came up with the idea for two different kinds of mindsets. She called them growth mindsets and fixed mindsets. Growth mindsets give people the ability to see themselves as capable of change, notably growth whilst fixed mindsets cause people to view themselves as fully realized or unchanging, like fixed in time and space. According to Dweck's theories, having a growth mindset leads to far higher achievement than having a fixed one. And this idea has become so prevalent that these notions of having either a growth mindset or a fixed mindset have become part of the language we use around success and achievement. Now, I just want to make a distinction here that could save us a lot of frustration and even some grief, and that is the difference between a growth mindset, where you're ready yourself for change and growth, and positive thinking, which is sometimes interpreted as having to have positive thoughts and feelings all the time. The implication in this model of positive thinking is that negative thoughts and feelings are somehow bad and therefore we need to rid ourselves of them totally. From an NLP perspective, we learn how all thoughts and emotions are part of the tapestry of being human, 
and being whole and complete, and that negative thoughts and emotions at one level are a clue as to how our unconscious mind is attempting to take care of us and keep us safe. If we have a particular behaviour or way of thinking that we feel like we want to get rid of or it's an obstacle to us achieving our goals, then the question we want to start with is genuinely asking ourselves, how's it working for me? And I mean really asking, how is this behaviour really serving me? Maybe it's meeting one of your six core needs. Because it is only when we actually discover how a behaviour is working for us, even when we don't like the behaviour, that we can choose a new way to meet the need that that behaviour has been meeting. Once we know that we can meet the need in a new way, it means we can change because we no longer need the old strategy. Another, perhaps more current popular idea that's starting to get some traction amongst people working in the personal and professional development spheres is the notion of grit. Grit is another characteristic of a growth mindset. It means displaying an unrelenting resilience, an attitude of no matter what the world throws up at us, we're up for it. Those who display grit recognize their thoughts directly impact their emotions and that emotions are transitory. They don't last very long. Also, they know that emotions are, for the most part, irrelevant to your goals. So if that negative self-talk or that sabotage strategy starts to appear, gritty people recognize it for what it is, change the channel and move on. They shift focus to what is important in terms of their goals and act on that. Importantly, this doesn't mean we're ignoring or repressing emotions like sadness, grief or anger. It does mean we're getting curious about how those emotions are serving us. So we go back to that question, how's this working for us? And we allow the emotions to pass through us in a way that means they don't have control over the targeted actions we're doing to to achieve our goals. In NLP, we're exposed to and develop a whole range of strategies that make it easier for us to develop and sustain a growth mindset. For example, NLP teaches us how to access our own inner resources that are already there that will take us where we want to go. And of course, at the very heart of NLP is the art of modelling. What this means is to achieve the physiology and psychology of excellence we need, all we need to do is find a model who has what we want and then we model them. After all, as we now know, a large part of why they are a success is directly because of their physiology and psychology. So when we're modelling another's physiology and psychology, we might also say we are modelling who they are being. In episodes one to four of these podcasts, we look closely at the be-do-have model and we certainly talked about how important being is, especially in contrast to doing, doing, doing. Sure, doing stuff is important as long as it's doing the targeted stuff, right? But who we are being is just as critical to our success. Adopting the physiology and psychology of success, including modelling from those who already have what we want, gives us a great way to develop our skills in being who we need to be so we get to have the success we want. Adopting a physiology and psychology of excellence, the last of the five success principles, allows us to focus on who we are being 
when we are going for our goals. Model from those who've already got what we want. Be the person we need to be and develop that growth mindset. Join me in the next episode as we wrap up the five success principles, bringing it all together and really nail down the fundamentals behind our success. Stay awesome and I look forward to connecting with you in the next episode. Wow, thanks for showing up and listening in. We would love to hear from you. Send your thoughts, ideas or questions via email to joanne at destinypursuit.com.au. Now it's time to take today's recipe out into your own life. Notice the differences that show up as you apply it. We'd love to hear how you are progressing with your new approach.